podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com. to the five-year plan podcast i'm overweight it's the first part of 2023 nearly got the year wrong uh and palace kicked off the year well ended the last year uh on new year's eve uh, with a 2-0 win down at bournemouth much needed 2-0 win uh so hopefully the mood of the pod will be much more buoyant than it was over christmas uh joining me joe walker joe how are you i'm very well thank you always always good to be on how are you Good. I'm good. Thank you. Happy New Year. You seem um, in good spirits for someone that um, I know uh, ventured out on New Year's Eve. Yes, because it was local. I went to, only went out in Croydon, so a tram ride away. So I'm, I, I, I'm okay by now. I don't yeah. need the two days. So just one day was enough. <laughs> a tram ride away sounds like a sort of country and western song, but set in hey. Croydon. Don't know how that would go down. Probably not great. <laughs> um, Grace Matheson is also here. Grace, I know you also went out as well, but you're, you're looking fresh as a daisy as well. Guys, what is the secret? Uh, the wasn't looking quite so fresh yesterday, I don't think. So the day after the day after is probably the the way to go. There we go. Um, great to have you here, and we'll be chatting about that two 0 win uh, imminently. Before we do that, a drum roll for random patron, please. It's Sarah Adamson. Hello, hey, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah's Hi, Sarah. one of our long-time patrons. Normally, I pick a new patron. Sarah's been with us for about four years. So thank you very much for your support over the four years. You can join our patron like Sarah and get all the rewards, including post-match pods, uh, extra content on the main pods, patron-only merchandise, and access to the Discord club at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash F-Y-P podcast. I'm going to keep doing... So very enjoyable post-match with Chelsea <laughs> after this uh, Bournemouth game. I've got to say, worth 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 the subscription alone for the. There you go. You don't service get station many... chat. Oh, yeah, yeah, lot of service station <laughs> chat, which really tapped into one of my passions as well. Um, some good knowledge from Chelsea there as well. If you're into service stations, uh, so yeah, plenty of pods over the Christmas period to keep you uh, occupied on the patrons. Um, Quick shout out again for my solo comedy show. Last time I'm doing my Edinburgh show, Jim Daly Football and Fatherhood, at the Bill Murray Pub on February the 9th. It's a Thursday evening, 6.30pm. Tickets are eight quid. Lots of Palace content in there, but also it's a show for people who aren't parents or football fans either. Show for everyone. Um, family friendly as well, if you want to bring the kids. And um, we'd love to see you there. Last time I'm doing the show, the show was freighted four stars. So it, it, it's, it's okay. It's worth the eight quid. So it'd be lovely to see you there. Now this week, we're sponsored by harrys.com. We've all got our own match day routine, whether you're pub then game, pub after game, or you're just straight to your seat, read the program kind of person. Well, routines are also important when it comes to skincare, and Harry's are here to improve yours with a free trial set and eye brightening cream just for FYP listeners. All you've got to do is go to harrys.com slash FYP and pay the £3.95 for postage. 
from close shaves and flake-free hair all the way to clear, healthy skin, Harry's helps guys feel good. Now, much like Patrick Vieira breathed new life into Palace last year, the brightening eye cream breathes life into tired-looking under-eyes from the very first time you use it. Their cooling formula hydrates and instantly brightens while seaweed and algae extracts help dark circles fade. The trial set has everything you'll need. An expertly engineered weighted handle, five-blade cartridge that's made in Germany, no less, complete with precision trimmer, giving you a shave that's as precise as a Michael Elise cross. A handy foaming shave gel for effective lubrication, a travel blade cover, and of course, that free brightening eye cream for FYP listeners. What a package. Harry skincare products can be added to shave plans anytime, anywhere, so you'll never have to worry about running out. Cleansing and exfoliating before you shave increases the chances of cleaner results. And their products are formulated with 0% sulfates, parabens, or dyes, and are alcohol-free. So no nasties here, unlike Palace's defending against Fulham the other day. I've actually been using Harry's for about 18 months now since they first sponsored the pod and I can genuinely speak for how good they are. I'll not trust anyone else for my shaves. And the brightening eye cream has certainly helped perk up my eyes, which is no small feat considering I do have two small children under four. So you can support the FYP podcast by heading to harrys.com slash FYP to have your set delivered and start your own skincare journey by redeeming a free trial set and free brightening eye cream. Your freebie will be added at checkout. All you've got to do is cover the £3.95 for delivery. That's harrys.com slash FYP. Right, Grace. 2-0 win down at Bournemouth. Uh, much needed. Stemming the defeats either side of the World Cup uh, and after Christmas to Forest and Fulham. I'm going to put a question to you early doors, actually, from Baba Yaga's Hut. Hey. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, every single time everyone moans before a game that we're shite i might believe that it's a guaranteed win when the teams came out a lot of people were very angry he hadn't switched much up much up apart from the obvious ones and we went on to win were you angry or were you uh were you expecting a turnaround um i was maybe slightly surprised that the starting team was pretty much exactly as it had been for fulham bar the two that had obviously been sent off and so weren't available but I didn't know if Vieira was maybe trying to make a point about the lack of squad depth in that or if he really believed in the team. Um, but either way, oh. yeah, um, pre-match Twitter was slightly um, not not the most positive place to be, I don't think. so. Um, but I think it's important to, like you say, stop the rot after those two, two losses on the bounce. Um, and I think we were maybe slightly lucky that we were playing a team like Bournemouth um, so, but I mean, we'll take take what we can get, and it, it was a good performance. And sort of Vieira was proven right, essentially, in that the players put in a performance that people we know they're capable of. And I think that's why the Fulham performance, especially, was so disappointing. It was it was so poor, but we know that everyone's capable of much more than that. Yeah, it was a better performance, absolutely. It was a much better performance, and it, as you said, it was absolutely needed. And I said on the post-match pod, I think if we'd lost uh, on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever it was, uh, Monday, when was it? What day is it? Anyway, uh, at, at Bournemouth, um, we might be having genuinely, genuinely, and we don't we don't normally push the boat out on this pod for that kind of extremism, but questions about the manager's future. So I think it was a really, a really timely win. And as you say, it was a much better performance. And Joe, it was the same lineup, you know, barring obviously the players that were suspended and Gehi coming back in. But it was a tweaked system slightly. It looked like he'd gone 
almost like he'd been listening to the podcast. And he's yeah. gone slightly more defensive with, with Schlupp alongside Decore, maybe than in front of him, meaning that Eze had that number 10 position to himself to roam a bit. The Elise and Will for a bit wider. And and Chelsea did take credit for this in the post-match part. <laughs> Jordan Ayew, our number nine, in the number nine position. It did look... And I'm not saying that fans know more than, than the manager. We would never say that on this podcast. But it did look a bit more balanced, didn't it? And as a result, the performance was was more complete. Yeah, I'm... I'm... I'm a big believer in putting the best players in their best positions. And I think, I, I, I don't know, there was one result. I think it might have been the West Ham victory. I, I think that when we've, usually when we've tried to put everybody onto the pitch, all these exciting players, it's, there's a few, you know, someone end up going back Edward wide or someone like that. And then we don't all, it doesn't necessarily bring the results and performances that we would in our imaginations, hope it would. And, but the West Ham game, I think has kind of encouraged Vieira to let's, I just want Zahar up front. Let's get as a, what anywhere where he can get onto the pitch and uh, protect the midfield instead. And it hasn't necessarily worked. It certainly hasn't worked over the last couple of games. So when we saw that lineup, I think, yeah, it looked like a huge double down. But as you say, when it acts, once the game kicked off and you saw, right, there's, there's Wilf wide left. There's Elise wide, right. And Eze, exactly where he should be. I think we've always got a chance with those three players playing in that corner triangle there. And are you up front, which, you know, I think uh, a single tear of joy was (laughs) rolled down uh, Roy Hodgson's cheek when he watched Match of the Day (laughs) that night. Uh, I, I, we've, it's not ever really been spoken about too often. Selzy has, but it's not like a big consensus. Of all the things that Palace fans ask for, it's more for, Edouard to get more of a chance up front or even lesser Mateta. Will Hughes, I think a lot of people were mm-hmm. agree for when they saw the lineup announced um, because you're wondering what else has he got to do? How bad have we got to play in order for him to get into the starting lineup again? But Ayu brought his game that he usually does for us. But with that, those, that trio of exciting players around him, if he's the center point in that, um, you know, again, doesn't, offer as much of a goal threat in open play necessarily as as um, we usually expect from him. But we just allowed, gave Elise so much space to just well, have one of the best games he's had in the Palace shirt. Um, and and Zahara threat in the second half too, especially. It, it worked. We, you know, in the end, it was set pieces that we won from. We didn't really score from open play. But we looked way more comfortable and way more confident and... The key for us always, I might be repeating myself here, is we've got the players, but you, they have, we have to earn the right to play. And I feel mm-hmm. like when they're not in their strongest bits, it's really hard. Like Fulham, even before we conceded, it was really difficult getting from the defence to the attacking players that can work their magic. And Saturday, we were back to where we were. Maybe we can get into the fact that I, I guess Mark Gray returning influences how quickly we yeah. can get the ball from one end to another. Um and yeah, it's just it was it ended up actually being one of the more relaxing away performances you'll probably see in the Premier League. It was Saturday. Okay, good. That's good to get that confirmed as well. Um <laughs> Grace, I've got your message. That's no problem. Uh no problem at all. As long as your phone's still running, then it should be fine because I got the audio uh covered. Um yes, let's talk about Jordan Ayu then, uh Grace, because he was that number nine. We've got a question here from I say SA is a vibe one of our best-named listeners. Um, Happy New Year, FYP. Thank you very much. How many more starts does the best striker on the team and Ghanaian royalty 
Jordan Ayew get? Probably is, actually. I'm only semi-kidding because seeing him as a striker gave me scrappy pre-shutdown 1920 vibes. <laughs> you know, he gives with one hand, he takes away um, with the other. But, I mean, Joe makes the point there that with that attacking trio behind him, he does... He does... You know what you're going to get with Jordan. Like, he's not... You're rarely going to get a 9 out of 10, but you're probably rarely going to get a 5 or 6 out of 10. You're always going to get a 7 or an 8. You know what you're going to get. He, he might not be the most technically gifted or, or exciting striker. Although, having said that, I drove a couple of Fulham fans to the Boxing Day game um, who live up in Chesham with me. And the, when the teams came out, the players they were scared of, or not scared of, the players they weren't sure about, was, was Schlupp and Ayu. So I think I almost wonder if outside of the club, sometimes fans see them differently than we do. But what, what are your thoughts on Jordan in that number nine? Yeah, I agree. Like you say, he's he's one of those players that he's never usually the star of the show. But a lot of what he does, I think, goes under the radar a lot of the time. Um, and actually, in the in the Fulham game, in the first half particularly, I think he was probably one of the, the best of, of a bad bunch. Um, but yeah, he always he's always he wins some scrappy fouls and free kicks and that, which we've been missing I think particularly with Jimmy Matt being injured sort of in the middle of the park where sometimes maybe we're struggling to get a foothold in the game and then suddenly he'll, I mean, sometimes some of them are a bit um, questionable, (laughs) shall we say, but we'll take the free kicks we can get. Um, So, no, I think he's an important, important player to have in the team that maybe not so much of an unsung hero anymore because I think a lot more Palace fans are sort of alive to what he does bring, albeit that it's not all singing, all dancing, 20 goals a season striker that we would love to have, um, but that come with a price tag that is probably out of our out of our remit. So, no, I think, yeah, he's an important, important cog um, in the wheel. Absolutely. And yeah, I can't remember what we bought him for now. Is it a million quid or something after the loan spell or something? Whatever it was, it was... Pennies, two and a half, it? two and a right. half, I think it was. But yeah, which in in Premier League terms is next to nothing. I was just uh, while, just while I was Grace was talking there, I was just instinctively, I just searched last season's Premier League stats for the most fouled players in the league. Zaha's top as he tends to be. I think he's the most since records began in the Premier League. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's actually clear of everybody. I use fifth. And then I've looked at wow. the previous season. I was in the top ten as well. Is he? That is his. That is his game, isn't it? That is, yeah. his, you know, collect the ball and te- you know. We often, I guess, I knew about Zahar instinctively a because he gets kicked about a lot. But for years, I've had to fight for my fight for Zahar in these conversations with people that didn't watch us in those kind of leaner years. And going really a lot, so much of those jobs. Yes, they're attacking players, but. We're asking them to carry, get the ball deep in our own half, and and you know really help the rest of the team. And I use probably the encapsulation of that in our side uh, to the point now where those of us that see them see us regularly know that you know that's that's enough. It does enough for us. It really gets us out of trouble so often that the goals, as long as we're getting goals elsewhere, it's it's almost a, a not, it's become a non-issue for most Palace fans. So when he does get a goal. It's it's just like a lovely little Brucey bonus. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'm Michael with this pod Brucey bonus this week. Um, well, let's talk about the goals. I mean, it was a lovely little header at the near post, Joe. Um, if if you're a Bournemouth podcast, you're probably moaning about the defending for both goals. Certainly that first one because you can't you can't be leaving someone that free. Um, I think it's Lewis Cook that loses him, but it, it's it's really poor defending. And then the second goal, 
Or maybe we'll come on to that in a minute because it was nice to see as they score. But um, no, we'll go with it. The second goal was also bad defending because they'd had a free, Palace had a free kick of literally about five minutes beforehand and they tried the exact same thing and, yeah. and, and they hadn't quite connected. So I think defensively, and I know that Vieira after the game shouted out Dean Kiley saying that it was his uh, research that had come up with that free kick routine and it worked lovely. But defensively, I think if this was us, and maybe this was us a few days ago, you'd be very disappointed at conceding those two goals. Not that I'm taking anything away from Jordan or Evs, mm. but they were gifts, really. Yeah, the, 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 the amount of times... You mentioned one prior incident, but the the sheer amount of times a ball was rolled to a Palace player at the edge of the box in open play and from set pieces was so frequent. They'd had so many warnings of it happening, and they just didn't seem to react at all. We, you know, we had a really bad record with set pieces for a while, didn't we? And there were one or two I remember as bad as that first one in terms of just I use not really breaking stride and he's in the six yard box to just, I don't know. Does he jump? I, I can't remember now, but he's, he's so, <laughs> Maybe a I always bit. think that's a, I always think that's a bad sign if they're not towering over a <laughs> yeah. center half in a duel. Um, but you, that, you know, something you often hear with promoted sides, but certainly when, or, you know, when you're in a, a cup game, for example, you always hear managers go, look, you make mistakes at this level, you get punished. And it's nice yeah. and reassuring that, we are at that point where when those come, we are going to take them because, you know, there are no, I, I, you know, you can judge it by the last couple of results. The three promoted sides we've all played in a row, we've only got three points out of those nine. And, um, you know, there aren't any, any easy games in this league. And so when when mistakes, when chances are offered like they, they were there, I'm glad that we're able to take them. We, we, need, we need to be more ruthless. We're not, uh, you know, goals aren't, you know, defensively, we've actually got a decent record so far this season. We haven't. We're kind of in the bottom five or six for goals scored, though. Mm. So you've got to take those chances where they come, and it's we've done ourselves a huge favour by doing so. Yeah, it is. It's nice to see Palace doing the punishing rather than being the punishee, the punisher, yeah. or the punishee. Anyway, um, yeah. seeing Ebb score. Grace, it's always fun. it's always nice, isn't it? Like I think the one player that will always put a smile on your face when he scores a goal. It was a really, really well taken goal, but I thought his performance in general was quite good as well in that numbers end position. So really I'd say rounded off a good performance with a well taken goal. Yeah, yeah, like you say, he's one of those players that he's just infectious, isn't he? I yeah. love Eze. Um and that smile when he scores you feel could light could light up the world and solve every problem in the world, to be honest. <laughs> if only. But um Yeah, but um no, I thought I thought it rounded off a good performance and I saw, I can't remember who it was, at Garth Crook's team of the week where he said if Eze can sort of keep injury-free and, and keep converting goals that he thinks he'll be a top-four player and I think that's not a huge surprise to those of us that have seen him and, and know what he's capable of now that he's had that bit more time consistently playing um, and getting those minutes. But like Joe said earlier, seeing him in, in the right position and it, where he really thrives mm. rather than trying to sort of fit square pegs in round holes. Um, and, and like you said earlier, seems to work when we've got him, Wilf and Elise on the pitch. You know that they're capable of, of good things. So, um, yeah, but like you said, the fact that the goal came from uh, a situation that we tried however many minutes earlier and, and they hadn't learned learned their lesson and I think I, I heard somewhere that Bournemouth have conceded the most goals from dead ball situations of any team mm. in the league and if that's if that's how they're defending then it's not hard to see why that is um but no we'll obviously we'll take it two two decent enough goals and a clean sheet 
Absolutely, yeah, clean sheet um, as well. The only, I would say, uh, thing that took the shining off was um, uh, Joachim Anderson celebrating for the SA goal. Don't know what he was doing there. <laughs> it's like classic dad dancing. It's like me when I did used to go out on New Year's Eve. Uh, absolutely appalling. But um, yeah, two lovely goals. Um, and just really quickly then, Grace, because I don't know if I asked you this earlier, but, but one of our listeners, Jerome Gavin, Hello, Jerome. Um, said finally after call, we're going back to the, to the two midfielder thing. From calls from fans all season, Vieira plays two holding midfielders and we look so much better. Eze in particular looked far freer. Is this a secret to unlocking the best out of the current squad? Do you think this is something that Vieira will go forth with? Is he, is he dangling a bit of fruit, uh, a bit of fruit in front of us, and, and then take it away, or do you think the performance on Saturday will prove that it's the way forward? I hope so, but I don't know if it's one of those things where again he might change it depending on on the opponent. Um, but obviously, they will preview the Spurs game later. It'll be interesting to see if he sticks or twists um, with that. But it, it seems to be against certainly teams like Bournemouth that that's, that's the way to go and to give a bit more freedom rather than looking sort of like sometimes, uh, particularly against Fulham, it, even when we had 11 players on the pitch, it looked like we didn't have 11 players on the pitch. The midfield just felt over overrun, but like nothing was was being created and it's almost like watching, you know, in table football where it's just side to side rather than forwards and backwards. Yeah. Um, so less of that and more of the more of the free-flowingness would be great. Well said, yeah, less table football. I, actually, <laughs> my daughter got given a table football set, was it for her birthday or Christmas, her birthday? And um, I was like, oh, I've made this for ages. After five minutes, I was like, this is rubbish. It's so frustrating, table football. You can't <laughs> actually really get the ball with the goal. It's one of those things that always looks a lot better than it, than it is, which actually might sum up Palace this season. But not on Saturday. Um, just a few more comments in from our listeners before we break for part two. Andy Hill says, a needed reaction. But, where, but why was a reaction needed? Where were they on Boxing Day? Oh, he's gone a bit sort of existential there. Um, Ag by Moni, what a difference a few days make. Such a dominant display. Great way to end the season. I think he means year. Uh, although if it was the season, we'll take 11th place. Um, PC Wires, how much better does your evening get following a win instead of a loss? Uh, much, much better, I think, PC. Everyone can agree with that. And Ed Hunter-Baines just says, that's better with five exclamation marks. Agreed, Ed. Uh, right, quick break. And when we come back, we've got our listeners' questions. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge, for every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Weddings are a celebration of finding the perfect fit. And with Indochino, you can design a custom suit made to your measurements. Go to indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any order of $3.99 or more. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. 
That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Fibre Plan Podcast. The hangovers are wearing off. I think we're, we're, we're getting better. Um, it's time for questions from our listeners. Thank you very much for all your questions this week. Quentin Soldan has gone on. It's on a twist on a favourite. He said, have we taken two good corners? I think that's a twist on have we turned a corner slash taken two good corners. Yes, we covered that in part one, Quentin. It's all, but thank you very much for that. Um, Here's some interesting questions from a couple of listeners. People are really divided, actually, at the moment. I'm feeling really happy, and I think, judging from you guys in the first half, I think you are as well, given that that win, especially after the previous two games. Uh, but people are mixed. Here we go. Um, David Sarah, hello, David, hello. says, uh, three wins in the last five matches, only bettered by top four and Liverpool. Is all the doom and gloom from the armchair experts merited? But then Ray Kalinowskis says, are we one of the worst ever 11th place teams in Premier League history? I enjoyed the win, by the way, but I don't want any complacency after recent displays. And Alex Hachini agrees. Were we really much better tonight than we were versus Fulham? Replied on falling over every five seconds after scoring two goals only because Bournemouth were god awful. Grace, where do you sit on this spectrum of happy to sad? I think... Uh... I think I'm probably more towards the I'd go the optimistic side of things because I think after games, especially after losses, there's always a lot of knee-jerk reactions. But then I'm always quite surprised how a few days after there's still people that are still sort of lamenting the same things. And honestly, I think there's some people who we could win the league in the FA Cup and they would still find something to complain about. Yeah. Um, but... No, I mean, I think I think Vieira said after the Bournemouth game that we weren't the worst team after Fulham and we weren't the best team after the Bournemouth game. So he's he's under no illusions that it's not one extreme or the other. Sometimes it's just about getting through. I mean, we'd had the six-week break in the middle of the season, which is unprecedented. So no one knew what impact that was going to have on any team, really, because every team had different levels of people away and coming back, etc., um, but I think I, I certainly to say we're the worst eleventh place team ever seems a bit bit extreme. I think I'm not sure not sure I'd go that far. There's obviously room for improvement. We know that in in all areas, really. Um, but 
I mean, it it's still January. We've still got half the season to come. Um, yeah, so... And no, I think I'm more on the glass half full side, but we'll see if that's still true after on Wednesday night. <laughs> Fair point. I think Ray uh, lives in Australia. I think I've seen that. So judging by the time zones, he might still be drunk from New Year's. So that may have an implication <laughs> on his question. Joe, where do you sit? Because you made a really good point earlier that, that there are no hard, no, sorry, no easy games in the Premier League. So actually every point, regardless of who it's against or how bad they are on the day, I think needs to be cherished. Are you feeling as optimistic as as Grace, or are you sort of more cautious about where we are? I think if I take a deep breath, step back, and reflect on August till now, um, let's be honest, we are a probably a week at 11 than we were at the end of last season because we haven't replaced Gallagher and, and mm-hmm. MacArthur still injured. That that we were we knew we kind of speculated on what what our midfield would look like. Is it? We were even wondering if is Eze going to get a chance? Is it going to work in the same way? Who provides the energy? So knowing that we were kind of not the team that we were last season, which fit, we would had potential to kick on from where we finished, I believed we are as we were this time last season, pretty much. Um, so results wise, I'm. I think we should actually be quite reassured, quite calm about how we've done. I just think the, the world cup being bookended by two defeats to l- newly promoted sides has yeah. really yeah. brought, re brought back just those um, holes in the side and those issues that, you know, I think we were, go- I was expected to be worried about across this season so far, but they only seem to come up when we do lose or drop points. Um, but we've shaken some things off that we had issues with last season, the kind of late equalizers and, and closing out games. Um, weirdly it's the other way around we've been coming from behind to win most of our games uh, Saturday is quite unusual but you know other than the Brentford game I think we've kind of shaken that out the set piece conceding's gone right down all things like that which you would hope to happen with a team that's been together for a bit longer and is um, management that's learning on a job I am okay I, I, I mean I'm still some of the conf- some of the quotes from Christmas around Parish about where we can invest in January, which is famously a not a great time mm. of year to bring players in. It sounds like loans are are what we're going to need, and I think I think we'd be mad to not not get any loans or anybody in. I think I think you expect us to see at least somebody come in. Um, I think that will leave EA some of the the worry that people will have once we kind of get into a rhythm again. This was a formative time for us last season. I don't know if you remember. So, because we got the cup this weekend as well as the Spurs game, we've got mm-hmm. Southampton, and that the cup run last year really introduced Elise starting regularly, Mateta yeah. yeah. um, sort of coming back to life, really, yeah. um, and staying a Palace player. And I think we, you're going to see in this period we've got a really intense schedule now because of the the the, the time off. And I think you're going to see some of those players that we've been screaming out for getting minutes regardless. And some of those people will earn, uh, you know, a starting place a bit more regularly off the back of that. Vieira seems to really like support the players that he believes in. But, you know, once those players that do come in show themselves to play up, I think you might see a lot more of them. So those things that people are calling for, yeah, I think, I think they'll feel, give it a couple of months, I think they'll feel a lot happier about everything. Even if, I mean, I'm going all over the place here, but I looked at the fixtures for January and February. We've probably <laughs> they're they're intense. Yeah, so keep the faith. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a question about that. I mean, you're right. I think uh, I think we will see the, the 
more of the likes of Hughes and, and Gyro and, and those fringe players, Mateta, Edward. Um, but you're right, the fixtures aren't great. David Kent, hello David, has Good said, day. are we expected to kick on from this or do the other thing? He can't even bring himself <laughs> to say it. Grace, what do you think? Because Joey is right that those fixtures coming up are, they're not, they're not the best. Yeah, no, it is a it is a tricky run, and I know there's the old sort of saying of well, you have to play everyone twice a season at some point, but sometimes the fixtures fall more kindly than others, don't they? And but we've had, I think, for the last couple of seasons, it's felt like we've had that trickier run in at the back, like right at the end of the season. Um, so maybe it's going to be it. But then that said, sometimes we play better and pick up more points against the better sides for whatever reason over the last few years. Um, so hopefully there'll be there'll be some of that but yeah I think it's going to be a case of sticking obviously sticking with the team even if the results aren't all going to go our way because to compete with the likes of any of the big teams City, Arsenal, even the likes of Newcastle now and the budgets that they've got which we just we just can't compete with and we know that Um, but that hasn't stopped us from getting results against them before so I think we're just going to have to stick trust trust the process almost and hope that it sort of evens itself out and when we do get to the sort of more winnable fixtures we're going to have to really be making sure we're not dropping points there I think more so than ever yeah the nil nils against Arsenal no sorry we lost to Arsenal didn't we the nil nil against Newcastle um earlier this season it's starting to look like a real real result (laughs) given how they've done they're doing absolutely fantastically um just just on that last point um Vieira does seem to have a way more so than any other manager I can really think of, of pulling a result out of the bag when he needs it. And and Saturday really felt like, as you said, a result was needed. But there was a couple of times last season, I think it was, it was either Wolves at home or Everton at home. One of them, we did a, maybe Everton at home, so we had that tough run, I think, where we lost three on the bounce in late November. And then yeah. after January, it was either Wolves away or Watford away. Maybe it was Watford where we, we'd... we'd... Watford, Watford away was the one where we hadn't won in a little... Yeah. The spell had been quite extended. Yeah. And he does and, seem to just do that, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I, 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 I've got full confidence in him as a, as a manager. I think. I think the not picking people's favourite players and stuff like that. The certainly the noise pre kickoff at Bournemouth was the most disquiet I've probably seen towards him so far. And I think that's weirdly, I, I don't know if anyone, if he would see it as this, I kind of see it as an endorsement of how well we did last season, because I feel like we've created a higher level of expectation because of what we achieved, what potential we showed, some of the football we've played. And so he's almost made a rod for his own back when the fact that he can't match that. But I don't necessarily believe that to be the fault of Vieira necessarily. I think it's just, we've, we just haven't got the bodies or the players that we have aren't necessarily fit in the key areas. So, yeah, I, I, it's going to be fine. Well, I mean, it's going to be it'll be quite funny, right? So we've got Spurs on Wednesday. Every Spurs fan I'm speaking to says, like, you know, we're expecting to get absolutely steamrolled by yeah. you. And I'm thinking, yeah. and if that happens, it'd be really interesting to sort of gauge the noise around the fans because that's any any time of season, any any day, that's a scalp, yeah. that, uh, uh, any kind of result against Tottenham. So, yeah, let's see how positive. It's a, a lot can happen in a week. Yeah, I suspect that's because of them being absolutely awful against Villa yesterday um, and also the 3-0 last year with Edwards. That's probably still fresh in many Spurs fans' minds. Yeah. But we'll take the same again. We'll very much take it. Speaking of Edward, uh two questions about the strikers. I know we talked about Ayu earlier. Daniel J. Edwards, 
Hello, Daniel. Says, is Vieira trying to make a statement by not playing JPM and OE? I had to try and work out for who that was. It's Hodgson Edward. I haven't, haven't seen that down in initials before uh, from the start. And then Peter Morton says, what have our strikers done to annoy Patrick Vieira? I, I think annoy may be the stronger word there, Grace, but I think, is it just a case of are you maybe is a better combo with those three behind that we talked about earlier? I think so. And maybe the fact that Ayu brings a bit more to the pitch, like we said earlier, in not just in terms of, well, if it was just for the goal scoring, then we'd be we'd be in trouble. But for everything else that he brings to the game, that maybe JP and Edouard don't quite have in their locker, which is nothing against them. I think it's it's almost quite... Ayu's quite an unusual player, isn't he, in, in what he does and where he fits. Um, but... Yeah, I think more so I feel a little bit, not aggrieved for Edward, but I think he maybe has a bit more of entitlement to feel a little bit shafted maybe because when he has been playing, he'd been playing well, he'd been getting a few goals and then suddenly seems to have um, dropped down the pecking order again. Yeah. Um, who who knows why that is and then hasn't been getting, I mean, I think he came on, was it in like the 74th minute on Saturday so what's right. like sort of like 20 minutes and I wonder I suspect yeah. we might see him against Southampton in the cup maybe um but yeah I mean it's hard isn't it you're never going to fit everyone on the pitch at one time it's just not possible even the best players I mean you look at the likes of I'm not comparing us to Man City in any way <laughs> but obviously Alvarez had that phenomenal World Cup he's come back and he's not necessarily going to slot straight into that squad because of all the other dynamics within a team and just the fact that there are only 11 players on the pitch at any one time. So someone has to miss out. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he, if he sticks or, or if anyone gets any, any more minutes. Um, like Joe said, Mateta had a bit of a resurgence thanks to the FA Cup last year. So who knows? So what we're saying basically is that Alvarez is the John Philippe Mateta of Man City. I've, I've always thought Essentially, that. Always thought that. Less words. Yeah. Always thought that. Um, <laughs> Actually, as, as Grace was talking there, Joe, I was thinking, actually, is it a case of when you've got Edouard or Mateta up there, they don't quite offer what Ayu does. Maybe they might offer more of an attacking threat or maybe, I don't know, more of a threat in the air. But is it almost a trade-off that, it, that if you want Ebbs in that number 10, you probably need Ayu up there. But if you're going to go with JP or Edouard, maybe you're looking for Ebbs to play a different role slash not even play. I mean, I, I don't... That's not how football works, but in my head, I'm thinking, is that kind of maybe a trade-off that Vieira might be finding himself with? Possibly. I, I think as as maybe I, my measurements are based off... I remember I used to defend Benteke a lot on it, and I'd say, you know, he's not as mobile, so asking him to press and do the defensive qualities is pointless. But Mateta and Edouard, as much, they're relatively more mobile as forwards, but the the work behind them, they're not necessarily, that's not what either of them are into. And despite all of Mateta's qualities, I think, I, I thought both of them played very well when they come on against ball. Both had chances at goal anyway. Uh, Mateta's kind of general chaos factor. It is That sounds is like there. his um, army rank, general chaos. Yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 quite intangible. Like I, I can imagine, as a coach or a manager, if you if you it's hard to, if you can't quantify that in your stats and the GoPros and the and the vests that, that they all wear and stuff. Uh, not GoPro stats. Zone. What's what's, what's the <laughs> one know, that they? Use? I knew what you meant actually, even though that is yeah. the wrong word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, stats zone. And so, yeah. Stats zone. Yeah. Um, I, I I can imagine that for a manager, if you're kind of on the fence about a player. 
you're not starting someone like that. You have to really, really believe mm-hmm. in that that kind of unknown quantity. A bit like uh, years ago, there, well, Warnock, Neil Warnock's had a, had a great interview once about Alassane and Dye, do you remember his favorite palace? Yeah, yeah. Who, who is completely, pretty much out of football now or playing <laughs> in some really remote sort of Google, uh, yeah. division in Eastern Europe. And he just said, like, I think someone in Athletic might have interviewed him. Someone interviewed him anyway. And he said, you know, Neil Warnock just believed in me where lots of other people were kind of not. And he said, when you you have to really be that faithful in a player to play them regularly. And I think yeah. someone like Mateta maybe doesn't hasn't earned that for a little while. Edward, I think, is more unlucky. I think Edward. By the consensus, he's the, probably the better, more technical player. Has more of a pedigree, goal scoring wise. Hit that run of that was probably his best run of form, starting games around October, November that he's had for Palace. Scored against Chelsea, um, and excuse me for a second, scored against Wolves. He scored against no, but he said, I remember he set up a goal. Uh, Ed Zaha's winner against Wolves as well, mm. and yeah, and then that was then he was kind of. Then he, by the by the time we got to the break, he wasn't he was out of the team and really frustrating for him because I'm I, I stri- strikers I imagine it's quite a confidence based position more than any them and goalkeepers I imagine it's so much of it is dictated on just kind of how confident you can stay in your abilities and yeah I I, I think we're better when they are starting on the pitch but you know I think we'll probably see IU start up front again against Tottenham. It's almost like this new way of, you know, we would argue for arguing IU's case. It was often you need him wide instead of at least saying these games again away from home or against um, top six uh, opposition, because we're not going to see as much of the ball. And so we need to kind of, you know, make territorial progress, if you like, putting him up front kind of enables us to do that, but also have Elise wide to play as well, potentially, as he did against Bournemouth. So I imagine we'll see a bit more of it. And if we still score goals with that, then I imagine we'll probably see it until it doesn't. Because I imagine yeah. I imagine the first game we don't score with that, with IU up front, I think I think you'll see him drop out again. It's very kind of like winner stays on, yeah. almost, which uh, <laughs> I'm not against, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm I'm into it anyway. I, I I think they can all count themselves unlucky, but I'm into whatever works. Yeah, I'm not uh, against winner stays on uh, as long as whoever comes in does a job. You'd think they'd yeah. both be sort of champing at the bit to do so. Alison and Die, by the way, what a, what a, what a lovely random Palace player shout. Yeah. Still playing. You're right. He now plays in Kuwait. Nice. And actually, his um Ooh. his career path would be a great quiz for one of those Twitter. Uh, quiz count. <laughs> we are easily the biggest club that he played for, and he's played for at least fifteen clubs. Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, still only thirty-two. Wow, he must have been so young when he played for us. Uh, but well, if we're, if, we're a bit, if we're if we're a bit short in January, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. thirty-two, born nineteen ninety. So he must have been twenty. 1920 when he was playing for us. Yeah, very young. Real cult hero, Alison and Di. Lovely. Um, let's move on because I got I got a question about Zaha. Do you guys want to talk about Zaha or are you bored of talking about Zaha? In which in which context? In in terms of his future? Not actually in terms of his future, no. So maybe a bit different. It is it's from Robin Mickelberg. And Robin says Zaha seems really off currently. Great drive with the ball today, but in the final third missing his usual spark. Am I going crazy? Grace, is, is he going crazy, Robin? Yeah, I think maybe he's not been as on it as we've used to 
been used to him doing and I know that I've got him in my draft fantasy team and I've had him for like the last four years and I'm so loyal to Will. Thank you so much um, for being the person that brings up fantasy football that isn't me. That's great. I feel vindicated. Uh, and I, I actually, I, I hardly ever bench him because usually when I do, it's when he, he pipes up. So I dropped him this yeah. week in the hope that it would have the impact. And I mean, it didn't, but um, he didn't have a bad game. But I think, yeah, he has. it has been a bit quieter recently. But I mean... It's hard because while we've been reliant on him essentially being the talisman for so long, it's it's just not possible really for anyone apart from the top 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 players to maintain that consistently. Everyone's going to have peaks and troughs, yeah. um, so I'm hoping that he'll pick up again. Maybe now that everyone else has sort of pick, picked up a bit, um, but yeah, it's it's nice to have had. At the same time, it's nice to have had a good result on Saturday and to be talking about the other players as well. So, Elise, Eze, not that they ever go under the radar anyway, but that it's not just Wilf and that if Wilf's in previous seasons where if Wilf hasn't done anything, that's it, we've got no chance and we're going to lose the game. Yeah, I think... Joe, were you on the pod last week where we were talking about Wilf's year? I can't remember now. We were talking about... It was Wilf's... uh, that we, that this is actually technically his best. Sorry, twenty twenty two was his best year in the Palace shirt in terms of numbers. More obviously, only oh, oh, I wasn't on that. But that was your end of year. The end of year uh, pod. pod. Yeah, and yeah. we're yeah talking about um, Zaha, and obviously we're now into the next year. And I wonder if it's just a symptom of the fact that, as Grace says, we've got those other players now. So we just maybe not, not even in terms of the team is focusing on Wilf. Maybe we as fans just aren't focusing on Wilf as much. We're not looking to him as much during games because we know we got Elise, who, who I thought was fantastic on Saturday, and, and Eze as well. So, you know, maybe he's not... It might feel like he's not popping up and doing doing the bits he used to. But actually, like, stats-wise, he kind of still is, if you look at last year. But maybe just the focus has shifted to other players, so it doesn't feel like, you know, unless he bangs in a hat-trick, it doesn't feel like he's playing particularly well, even if he's actually just doing his job for the team. Yeah, I, I mean, naturally, his, his style of play has changed a little bit. He still will try... I mean, there was a run in the second half against Bournemouth where it was old-school Wilf carrying the ball from kind of edge of RD two-thirds across the pitch and uh, then it going out for a throw or something like that. And... You know, in terms of taking on players, I think he knows he might have. He while he's still quite very great athlete for his age. If you compare him to somebody like Eden Hazard, who's only a year older and yeah. is almost kind of on the beach career-wise. Yeah. Like he's he's got Wolf, Wolf could play to his late thirties if he wanted to uh, physically, but you know you're not going to be that but a tricky place person all the time, especially if people are expecting you to do it uh, to this day. So I think he, Elise is a lot higher in the take-ons successfully in Europe at the moment than, than Wilf. But on another day on Saturday, could have easily, there was a, there was two passes in behind Bournemouth's defence, uh, one in the first half to Ayu, who didn't quite get, wasn't quite quick enough to yeah. get there. Uh, and it still went out for a corner. May have been the corner that we mm, scored. That he scored from even. Yeah. Um, so I'd count that. You know, that's still like making a big difference. And the second one was to Edward, who tried to dink it over the keeper, and it was a good save in the end. Wilf then, I think, gets a shot off from the that's a good the, that same passage yeah. of play and a really good block. So you know, on another day, could have had a goal and assist in that game. Um, I still think he's a massive part of our our side. I think kind of take it for granted a little bit just how comfortable he is on the ball. Yeah how often things pay off when he does try them. I do think that where I I don't like him up top. 
I'll be honest. I It has worked in some games, but I think we play better when he's able to get the ball as often as possible. And the Fulham game was a great example of him being so isolated because it couldn't work. Or he was that, that kind of... I really trust in that left side passage of Mitchell yeah. to Zaha. Yeah. And then we're kind of up the pitch in no time. And without, yeah, when he's a little bit further, I don't think we play our best stuff. Uh, certainly not with this 11 that we've got now. So I, I, I expect more goals that will come, whether or not they'll be from the penalty spot. We'll see. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we've got any threat of him having his head turned, whether he does leave or not. Because he's now legally, I think, able to talk to clubs. He may have been doing so already prior, but yeah. now he's allowed to do it. If he, let's say he's agreed a deal right now with somebody, I would have no, I would have no, I no doubt that he would just carry on playing yeah. as good as he normally does. So I, I don't think we should be worried, concerned about his form at all. Really, no, it's not in his nature to go into a game and not want to win a thousand percent. Whether it's yeah. for Palace or five aside, I think it's just in his nature as yeah. a as a human. Um, and I completely agree. For me, it's really simple. Wilf is better facing the opposition goal than he is facing yeah. away from it. And if he's facing yeah. it with the ball, then we're cooking. And if he's yeah. not, then we're in trouble. And that's. If only football was that simple. That's why I'm not a manager, but that would be my <laughs> my tactics. Um, final question then from Cavtron. Sounds like a robot. Cavtron 3000. Um, if you could select a Michael B. Jordan type celebrity co-owner for Palace, who would it be? I think it was the first time that uh, he had gone to watch Bournemouth. After. Very weird. Very weird one taking over or joint owning Bournemouth. Uh, Grace, who would you, if you could select a... A celebrity to go own Palace. Not that we're not saying that Steve isn't. Steve kind of it. Steve's become a celebrity, I think, through being Palace chairman. But who would you pick if you could pick maybe a Hollywood-style celeb? It's a really hard one. <laughs> yeah. Um I haven't given it much thought. I mean, I get a bit. I know, obviously, at Wrexham where they've got um, Ryan Reynolds. Although I'd be more excited about. I'm a big Blake Lively fan. Who's his wife? So I'd be more excited if she was involved than he was involved. Um, as a Gossip Girl original fan, um, but no, I don't know. That's really hard. Maybe another because um, Michael B. Jordan is Marvel film related, isn't he? So maybe someone else from one of the Marvel Marvel films. Um, I don't know who. What's the, I, I'm terrible with names. Who plays to- Who plays Iron Man? In Marvel, um, Robert Downey Jr. I'll have him. I think he'd be quite Robert good. Jr. Based on nothing other than that, I like him. I think that'd be, man. <laughs> that'd be entertaining. I think, given his history, that'd be very entertaining. If we can try and get Wrexham <coughs> to play Palace, then maybe we can get um, Ryan to convince Blake to buy Palace or something. Maybe that's the, the route to take. Um, Joe, any any <laughs> anyone crop up for you? Yeah, I think I think you've got to go big. I think you want a franchise star, someone that's got oozes charisma. And somebody who has a lot of their own money, not just, mm. you know, I mean, rich even by Hollywood standards, rich. I'm thinking Vin Diesel. <laughs> and, you know, what, 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 what's his catchphrase in uh, the Fast and Furious franchise? Family. It's all about family. And what better club than, than Crystal Palace? He's, he's electric. And I, I feel like he's legally not allowed to lose any fights in his right. uh, films. He has that written in. I am sure that there's probably a deal he could strike with the Premier League. He's got that kind of pizzazz where we we go unbeaten all season. Yeah, I love that. And uh, Yeah, bring it on. I mean, also, he's not 
he's very committed. He's done literally nine Fast and the Furious movies. So he's not going to leave. You know, he'd be committed no. to Palace because he's committed to Fast and the Furious. So great shouts. Love that uh, very much. <laughs> Tweet us, listeners. Who would you like to have as your celeb owner at FYP Fanzine? Let us know what you think. Uh, right, quick break. When we come back, winners and losers. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. At Vast National Bank, we value our billions of customers. Whether you're in Dubai or Tokyo, or just London, we care. So bank big with us. Sure, your local community bank may seem friendly and helpful. Their small business loans may even help your town grow and prosper or whatever. But would they help you liquidate an offshore account to bedazzle your private jet? (laughs) No. Bank with a community bank and help your community grow. Find yours at banklocally.org.
Welcome back to the Five Pound Podcast. Whee! It's part three, which is winners and losers. This is a patron-only section, so if you're part of our patron listing on the patron feed, you'll hear our winners and losers now from the Bournemouth game. If you're not, you're on the public free feed. You're going to hear a clip from the post-match pod, uh, which is also available on the patron. If you like the sound of that and want to hear what our winners and losers are, join up at patron.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash f-y-p podcast. Uh, but let's make the split now. I think at this point we should declare that we should have a uh, a, 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 um, a, a section of the podcast called Ask Salesy with a little jingle or something. Do you know what I mean? I need you need to get on that. All right, we'll do that for, for 2023. That'll be our plan. We, I can definitely do that. <laughs> and ask Ask Salesy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Uh, very fantasy football esque, I reckon. Well, mate. I, I, all my life, I just aimed to try and be like fantasy football, so uh, I will take that. Um, a question, first, two questions. One from Tim Bayers. Tim, hello, Tim. Who says? Uh, well, he's he's asked a question about Gehi. We'll get to Gehi later on because obviously he was back after his suspension. But uh, his second question: Will Adam be delighted that Vieira has finally tried? Are you up top? I seem to recall him making a strong case for giving Jordan the go as number nine, and in a similar vein, Mike Clark, one of our patrons, said. Did PV finally listen to Celtic's advice on IU as the central striker? Adam, how much credit are you taking for IU's goal and Palace's win today? Well, you need to check your, check your list of subscribers, JD, and see if there's a French bloke called Patrick Vieira that's paying his few quid a month to listen. Maybe he is. <laughs> but what it shows is you play the number nine at number nine, you play the number 10 at number 10, you play the seven and the 11 on the sides, and hey, presto, who knew? <laughs> no, I'm um, I'm being slightly facetious, but uh, no, I I I've said to you for a little while, as the listeners have remembered, that you know on odd occasions that I felt that by you, you know, probably that is his best position. I don't think he's he's quick and and goes past people, but I think his hold up play is good. I mean, his ability to secure the ball today didn't go unnoticed by Gary O'Neill, actually, who mentioned it in his post-match press conference, how he thought we were dangerous on the on the break and how good IU was at securing the ball to get the other players in the game. And, you know, perhaps we might see uh, the renaissance of, uh, of the Ghanaian Prince Ala Roy Hodgson season nineteen twenty was it was it then? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Nine goals and was nine. the player of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, is that right? I think so. Yeah. Mm. So, I do. I do think he's got the qualities for it, JD. You know, and I, I think it might suit him more than being a sort of out and out attacking player. The fact he wears the number nine probably is a clue in the fact of his preferred position. And I think he has said publicly at some point, because I've certainly got it in my head, that he prefers to play as a centre forward. And, you know, I think I said to you on Monday on the podcast with Dom that I felt Mateta is actually our only centre forward outside of IU in terms of being a real sort of number nine, if you like, because I think Edward is more of a 10, really, you know, more of a player with good feet that comes onto things and and stuff. But, um, you know, he's done all right this year and I've been pl- 
pleased with him, but it was um, it was very good to 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 win today and Jordan to get on the score sheet. Although for for all my uh, friendly backslappers there amongst the uh, amongst our uh, our patron subscribers, I have to also caveat that by saying I'm not sure there are many Premier League teams you'd be able to score a corner like that against where you get a free header six yards out to uh, put in and likewise the second goal for you know it's unusual that uh, that a team is so caught out at a, a corner kick twice and uh, you know that was uh, lamentable as far as Gary O'Neill was concerned as well obviously i we're delighted to win, but I won't. Uh, I won't profess to uh, to lie and say to you that um, I wouldn't have been extremely disappointed if Crystal Palace conceded those two free kick, uh, those two uh, corner kicks today in the manner that they did. I guess today is proof that actually he does believe in this team and and sticking with the players giving them an opportunity to make up for Monday was the right thing to do. Were you surprised when it was a similar lineup or, or, or given what we've seen from Vieira over the last 18 months, were you expecting him to maybe not make too many changes? I, I probably would have played Jeffrey Schlapp at left back just to give us a left sided play that could go up and down with balance. And I would have probably played somebody like Luca in midfield who was ill apparently. So uh, he wasn't involved anyway, but, I don't think there's very much else he can do. But what he did do was change the shape and and, and didn't employ Wilfred as the centre-forward, as I said to you on the podcast on Monday. Maybe he is a listener, you never know, because I did say to you that once that the way that played out with Diop, that he would have been much better shifting Jordan Ayew in there to occupy him. And at least, even if you're sacrificing Jordan Ayew uh, a little bit and making him the, the sort of... Uh, the, the donkey, if you like, that's having to do the donkey work, it, that allows, you, you know, your Eze's and your Elise's and your Wilfred's to, you know, on Monday, Wilfred playing with his back to goal was no good. You want him, your best ball carrier, you know, bit of bingo there for you, best ball carrier, um, picking up the ball in good areas and being able to face people up and carry it, which, you know, you can't do when you play centre forward. So I'm not a lover of Wilfred as a number nine. And as I said to you, I think Ayu is not particularly quick and tricky in the way that probably Wilfred Elise and uh, and Eze are might be better employed in that role. And that's you know how I've sort of felt for a little while. And I'm and I'm not suggesting for a minute that he's a world beater there. And it's I would like to see us strengthen that position, but I do. I do think it's fair to say that, um, you know, that uh, there was definitely that 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 feeling that we had Elise doing what he's good at, Eze doing what he's good at, Wilfred doing what he's good at, and Jordan Ayew doing what he was good at. And that meant our, our, our first half particularly was, you know, was, was fluid and incisive and, you know, we were really... All right. 
Right, that was our winners and losers. If you want to hear what they were and you enjoyed that snippet from the post-match pod, sign up at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash F-Y-P podcast for that every week. Right, after the break, time to preview two games against Spurs and Southampton. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best, Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insights said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com.
Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Wee! Pod four, five, six. This way, that's fun to say. Um, it's the final part preview. Um, in classic Premier League fashion, they've given us a midweek game, which means this pod will be out of date in forty-eight hours. Thanks very much, Premier League. <laughs> that's why we're podding on a Monday. Um, Spurs at home, and then Southampton at home in the FA Cup third round on Saturday. Grace, we were sort of we've alluded to it almost through the whole pod, haven't we? That we think it's probably going to be two lineups maybe for this for this one. Um, probably the same lineup we saw at the weekend against Spurs, and then I don't know, maybe a completely different lineup on Saturday. We've mentioned some names in without giving up much two away from our patron <laughs> subscription only section. Few names in there, fringe players. Um, I guess what are you two questions? What are you expecting from this week in terms of games, Spurs in a sense? What are you hoping for? Oh, well, there's there's a question. Um, Spurs, it feels like it's been ages since we've played Spurs at home. I think because when we played them last season at home, it was in August or September, yeah. wasn't it? So it's been mm. a good like year and a half since that 3-0 win. Um, but, I mean, Spurs at the minute are so hit and miss. Um, I think I read that they've conceded at least two goals in their last seven Premier League games. Wow. Um, so they're obviously vulnerable. And at the minute, as it always has been, it seems that if Son and Kane aren't firing on all cylinders, it's not really clear where the goals are coming from and they seem to be really missing Kulazewski. Yeah. So it feels like they're vulnerable and if we don't go at them, it will feel like an opportunity missed, yeah. coupled with the fact that we're obviously at home um, after the Fulham game being the last home game, it seems like a good opportunity to... The thing is, if when when we play against particularly the better teams or anyone, as long as we go for it and don't leave anything sort of out there on the pitch, I never feel so aggrieved as when it feels like we've not really gone at teams, mm-hmm. which it did feel sometimes under in the Hodgson days, particularly the bigger teams. Um, so I, I my hope is that we will go at them, and I think I think a, I still think a draw would be a, a good result, um, but depending on which Spurs turn up. Why? Why not? We obviously will be aiming for the three points, and that will be great. Um, and then, in terms of the Southampton game, oh, it would be good to have another cup run. We love a cup run. Obviously, the League Cup is—we never seem to really entertain getting that far in that one. No, so we've put no. all our eggs in the in the FA Cup basket. Um, so, but I suspect we might see a few more changes in that game to give some people some minutes. Um, but probably not wholesale changes, not least because we haven't really got the squad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the squad for wholesale <laughs> changes. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Southampton set up because obviously they've had their new manager come in, but their form is appalling. I think they've lost their last five Prem games now. Um, so whether they'll be focusing more on getting results in the league or whether they'll be after a win for morale boosting purposes. Um who knows? Yeah, it's a, it's it's funny, Joe, isn't it? It's such a like an indication of what the Premier League or how competitive it is that we we lost a f- terrible at Forest and lost all four against Fulham, obviously, and lost with two men sent off. And now, less than a week later, or maybe just more than a week, we're genuinely talking about how we can beat Spurs on Wednesday. I mean, that is how. <laughs> yeah. But genuinely, none of us are you know being frivolous about that. That's a genuine no. given their form. That is how competitive this league is. Yeah, it's. It, the moment a team hits a blip, it's it's up, it doesn't matter where you are, what how your status as a club is in the league. You have to you have to strike by the iron's heart. You have to really kind of get those points off those teams in those slumps. And 
Spurs are really in a slump right now. Grace, I had that exact stat next to me, bookmark <laughs> from when I saw it yesterday. Um, another one is that they've, they've made more errors leading to goals, two more, I think, than any other side this season. Um, Lloris is responsible for half of those and had another one against Villa. They are in a real spot. And Conte, I don't know, he's not the most... Um, no, he has his unique style of management as it is. But Antonio Conte sounds like he's begging to be sacked or someone to <laughs> yeah. take him. Every interview is just kind of like, well, I don't know what you expect me to do. <laughs> but people expect, people want us to finish the Champions League. I think that's madness. I'm thinking, really? Like, some of the players you signed. But so, yeah, they're a bit out of sorts at the moment, making errors. The other thing is they're actually really short of depth at the moment. So I don't know if anything's changed between. Uh, uh, Sunday and uh, this and this coming Wednesday, but they had no forwards on the bench against Villa. Oh. Because I think Richarlison may still be out. Yeah. I think some of the World Cup returnees, are, it's a bit staggered, I'm not sure. And as Grace said, Kulusevski is huge for them. Yeah. I think he's quietly one of the best young players in the league. Yeah. Uh, and he's not about. And it just, they're, they're nowhere near as zippy as, as they can be, as we know that, that attacking threat to be. So it's probably, it's, you know, without, te- it is a good time to play them. It's just about how what what are we going to bring then? We you know we've we were appalling at the at away at Spurs last season. I think that again another Boxing Day hammering. I think we're just not good on Boxing Day. I think that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but that was but, the third Boxing uh, Day in a row that we've lost three 0 Yeah, well there you go. Um, but form wise at home, I remember. Well, there's the three 0 but then there was also a one all in lockdown. Uh, where Schlup scored and oh, yeah. Guaita probably one of the best games he's ever had. In his career, never mind the that Palace That was the first shirt. game back, wasn't it? It or, was. The, or... It was the the only one before they then kicked in another yeah. December shutdown. It was. It was just like the home is now only, yeah. I think, or something like that. Um, that yeah, I we I think we should be not not quite fearless, but I think we should be brave in this game. Yeah. I think we should really put our best foot forward and give them a worry. They've not even they're, they're defensively. They've got players like Clement Lengley, who's. Spurs fans I speak to just think these are not, they're not, they wouldn't get in the Palace side. So you think you've got to, you know, I I back our defence, uh, even with Mitchell missing to kind of, Anderson and Gray have played quite well in that home, That certainly in that 3-0, they, I think Kane didn't didn't have a shot on goal in that game. So I I back us to to put our best foot forward, as Grace said again, so to keep jumping, hopping on the back of these things, but we do play some of our best performances are against these bit better sides. We really show the best of both sides of the pitch for us in terms of electric counter-attacking and, and brave and confident defending. So it's actually a game I'm really looking forward to because these are potentially one of the kind of, you know, these are where the, the fun nights in Palace history are, these midweek, midweek results against bigger sides. That's where our upsets tend to come from. So I'm, I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, I mean, Celis under the lights is always, is always fun, and I think it's it's interesting. We're coming up this week against two managers under fire, under pressure. I guess. I mean, Nathan Jones maybe less so, but in terms of his length of stay at the club, but Southampton fans are not impressed with him at all, and and his his track record of jumping up a league is not you know is not is not good. Second time he's left Luton to go to a bigger club. Um, and Conte, as you say, Conte, you're right, begging to be sacked. That's what it seems, that's actually what it seems like. So two clubs really struggling a bit, um, which actually makes me realise we're in a better position, I think, than both those clubs in terms of 
morale maybe and in terms of feeling settled just need a few more players in the, in the January transfer window madly we've not had any questions about that this week so we might have to avoid transfer chat but next week I'm sure we'll be, be back or we might, we might have a player next week who knows because the window is open we'll obviously keep everyone updated um, with that I think it's time to wrap up the pod there guys thanks so much lovely to, to have you both on the pod kicking off the new year with a fantastic pod thank you so much Grace thanks for being on thank you thank you yep hopefully Hopefully, by the time this is out, we'll have, yeah, hopefully have some more points on the board. Hopefully. Uh, and Joe, always good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me on. Uh, see you in the fourth round. Oh, I love it. That's the confidence <laughs> we're talking about. Love it. And thank you, listeners uh, and our patrons, of course. Um, post-match pod to be with you too this week, Spurs and Southampton. Uh, do check out harrys.com slash FYP for a free trial set there. And uh, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network.